Welcome to episode 28 of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn and with me as always is Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you going? Good, but uh, more, how are you? You're engaged now. I am. That's right. Wow. To a real life human woman. <laughs> How's that? That's very exciting. Have you set a date for the wedding yet? Yeah, it's not even a year away. It's oh um, wow! It's the third of December next year. Okay, but I think I think we should get it out of the open. Like Claire is incredibly good at organising stuff, isn't she? Oh yeah, no, I'm not doing anything. No, she's, <laughs> <laughs> she's like, let's okay, cool, we're engaged. Let's uh, let's start this. We're we're both um, event managers in another kind of life. That's what she, that's what she does as a full time job. And whenever we do yeah. anything like this, she's just she's just onto it. She's booked it. You know, knows where we're going. Photographers, all sorts of stuff. So. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, it's very good. Yeah. Okay. All right. So let's talk about who we spoke to in this uh, episode. We, we went spoke down to, to Melbourne. Yeah. We went down to Melbourne. We spoke to James Noble, um, who who started and runs Carter Digital. We went into his studio. Uh, I geeked out massively because I was looking at all this amazing furniture and I was like, wow, where'd the furniture get done by? And he was like, oh, I did it all. And so it turns out he's really into kind of building uh, and wood. And so um, something that I'm really getting into. So we, we kind of geeked out and talked about all that kind of stuff for a long time. Uh, and then we spent quite a bit of time talking about digital impact and his kind of belief in kind of giving back to sort of social, social good, um, kind of charities, all that kind of stuff, which, which I found really interesting. I just, I, you know, I think it's really important that kind of that idea of, of someone in his position and how much he can kind of help people by just giving information about how to do something or how to, you know, everything from SEO to kind of, um, you know, understanding what they actually need. Yeah, and that came from that three-month stint in Nepal that he did, and then he was over there doing, you know, physically doing things, and realised I could do a hell of a lot more if I, you know, did what I was good at. Yeah, I could, you know, have have a much greater impact, which kind of speaks volumes about kind of what we do as as designers. That you know, he could dedicate his, you know, I'm not saying he was going to do this, but he could potentially dedicate his whole life to, you know, doing whatever he could physically over there. But he's actually going to do a hell of a lot more good help working with these companies on improving their websites and their usability and awareness and things like that. Yep. And we talked about unplugging as well, which was, which was good. Um, it's, yeah, it's something that I definitely need to work on. Um, but you know, someone working in the digital space is talking about work, walking to work, um, and unplugging as much as he can. Yeah. And just, and just that idea of not listening to anything and just sort of listening to the street sounds and yeah. you know, all that it's, I mean, I think this whole unplugging thing is going to become more and more of a, of a topic as, as we move forward into the future. Um, because we are, we're plugged in all the time. I, I look at my phone the first thing in the morning and I, I probably look at my phone as the last thing I do before I sleep. Yeah, um, you know, that, and that can't be good. Um, I've been reading a lot about this um, kind of idea of darkness and the, and the idea that we we don't have that much darkness anymore. There's there's street lights or there's there's a, you know light pollution coming from the cities or you know that kind of and, you know that whole unplugging, not having anything kind of on, yeah. is is kind of a really rare thing for us. So yeah. But uh, we, God, we went all over the place in this conversation. I really enjoyed it. Very, very intimidating, I'd have to say, because obviously James is a professional radio personality, mm. um, and so uh, I felt I felt quite nervous a couple of times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really, really interesting. I hope everyone really enjoys it. Enjoy, guys. How do you find it with podcasts? Like, 
the difference between a podcast and a radio show, I kind of found that you, you've got to push it and get people knowing about it, and it's got to be relative content. Otherwise, people sort of listen to it and then drop off. I think yeah. I think the good thing about podcasts, though, is is you keep your bank of stuff. Yeah. Where with the radio, you've got to be there at the right time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's um, but yeah. So we have a lot of people who listen to it who want to talk about like the first or second episode and we're yeah. like oh man that was like which one was it yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no clue so I think I think that's kind of so how did, how did you get onto the radio on the triple R so I got asked just um, through basically people listening to me ranting on Twitter right. and then uh, <laughs> hey he's a good rant and another thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I just got I got asked to come on as an, to, to be interviewed and right. I just it's around the you corner you took from, over the shop yeah, I, yeah, and I you just never need me back. And then they said, "Well, we've got a shortage next week. Can you come in?" And then from there, it just kind of stayed. That was just it. staying, and yeah. asked if I'd like to stay on. I kind of try and when I used to listen to it because it's triple R and it was very techy. And I thought, well, I, when I came on, I didn't want to be too technical because not everyone understands what you're talking about. If you start talking about CMSs and you know mm. databases and metadata and things like that, so I just thought, well, why don't I ask the stupid questions to the people that are there so that it's not like a, even though I know it so we can have a conversation about what problems it's solving rather than the technology that you're using so rather yep. than talking about you know the raspberry and things like that it's more like what is it and why is it and why should someone else be interested in it that isn't in mm. technology and that's mm-hmm. so I just come in and try and actually to be honest I sometimes don't even read what the persons we're interviewing is it all about so I can just ask the obvious questions because we get that breakdown and say yeah. they're from this they're from this conference this is what they've done and then you don't ask it because you've, just, you've already read it you forget right. that all the people listening uh. haven't heard it so you go you ask them I just sometimes I'll just go right you know what I'm just not even going to check who this person is and just go alright so what do you do and why do you do it and well, who's it for and then you just get that yeah. conversation going and as if you just met someone at a bar rather than having a background check mm. As you would, so it, it works think, really well. Like, yeah, I think that's a really important thing. It's, I think um, I've always looked at like Parkinson or Andrew Denton, who have been able to kind of ask Grandma. those really, yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> ask those really those great questions that everyone else wants to know, but and not yeah. not set at too high a level. Yeah. Um, do you remember Terry Wogan? Yes. No. Yeah, and he used to do the. Um, um, Eurovision Eurovision so well and he'd just get slowly more and more drunk and <laughs> oh wow just he was very candid and honest about look at the state and they'd be like and, and everyone started <laughs> listening to it and it, it, then he became like everyone would listen to it just to yeah. see what things would come out of his mouth and I think that was a really good way of doing it because it got people engaged that wouldn't normally be interested in Eurovision Song Contest and like yeah. Parkinson like he's just he's just asking them questions that are open and not not sort of grilling them it's just Right. Let's have a, just have a chat. Let's just pretend the audience out there and have a conversation. Mm. If you can, it's the hardest thing to do. And if you can do that, then you can, you can actually get some real gems because mm. people loosen up and you start to get the right, the actual real answers rather than the rehearsed ones. Yeah, but that's always difficult. Like, but I don't really have a filter. I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of feel people are people. Whether you're a CEO or you're you're a, you're working, you know, stacking shells. Everyone's the same. And then if you can have the conversation with everyone, it doesn't matter. You'll get honest answers so if you talk to a CEO I'll still talk to them in a professional manner but I'll talk to them as, at a level that you, we're all on the same level and not go oh sorry you know and otherwise you, if you do that then you end up having that hierarchy and then you don't get the answers and the results that you want so people forget that you're there to be the professional or the experienced person and you need to portray that so that you actually get the right result mm. is that something you do within the business as well is that the way you approach that yeah sort of okay stuff? it works it works in in sprints yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes you you, you you don't have that level of it we do we're a very flat flat culture but at the same time sometimes you need to be able to say 
that you know this is based on experience this is the way we need to go yeah that's the way it works quite often and it's just sometimes it's a bit of a challenge but mm. it works i think um so you know you what you've been talking about is something I wanted to sort of delve into because if I look at your career, you seem to have done a lot of pro bono stuff or on the, on the cheap stuff where it helps people understand more about the digital environment. Mm. And that seems like a real concern for you to kind of make sure that people have all the facts. Is that right? Yeah. So if I went back to why Carter started in the first place, I did some volunteer work. I was working at Madman Entertainment and I great bunch of guys over there and was working film and television and doing digital stuff for that decided I wanted to go and help I saved up realised I wasn't a doctor I wasn't a builder I couldn't do anything for of any use but I I, the only way I can get there is by paying myself so I saved up and I went off to Nepal for three and a half months I think it was thereabouts and to do you know Build work, help the Tibetan refugees, and when I was doing that, I realised it wasn't enough of us. It's too slow. The money gets filtered off into the wrong people. It kind mm. of gets controlled by families rather than actually going to the people that need it the most. Yeah. And I came back, and it just basically kept percolating in my mind for, you know, about eight months, almost a year. I mean, how do I solve this problem? And then I kind of thought, well, you know what? Like, why don't I just start doing it for them? Like, mm. if I can help, if I can raise the awareness of that problem to more to more people and many hands make light work so rather than my one pair of hands I can help influence 20 pairs of hands to go and do it and then that's Carter was born and then we started doing that and it was a it's me helping others with the digital space is more not is more because it's a, an essential requirement these days and yep. there's the, there's a lot of different generations include my parents which I was saying spent Sunday teaching my dad how to use his MacBook um, <laughs> you know it's a it, it needs to be addressed and you can help culture and society. So I did the creative partnership stuff and helping artists understand what the internet is and how you can use it to your advantage. Mm. Then that helps improve and get exposure of arts and the paint and different types of painting and canvas. And same with NGV, if it, they can have better exhibitions if they get better attendance and how do you get better attendance, getting a writer audience. How do you do that? Go get to a digital platform that helps you portray it across other areas other than the people that see the, their posters and, in bus stops around Melbourne mm-hmm. and that's how it kind of grew so I thought well how do I how do I help the people I really want to help like the the twitchers like you mentioned before with mm-hmm. um that's a beer um <laughs> <laughs> with uh the twitchers with uh, twitchers with BirdLife Australia how do we get that so how do they get more donations they get more donations by not just the people that are fans of birds but people that are fans of nature and that aren't necessarily under know what type of bird that is and try and bring them a bridge the gap between the the professional and the and the, the and the um, and the general the general public. But how did how did that come about to work to work with them? Oh, with them it was more of a I well I've sponsored and um, donated. Just I don't want to blow my own trumpet. I'm sorry, I've, I've always paid like a part portion of my of my earnings towards different things. And right. It wasn't. I was actually doing it for the World Wildlife Fund, and then I heard about BirdLife Australia. Then another agency that was branding spotted that they were starting to do some work for them and just kind of started to talk to them and then talk to the people at BirdLife Australia and then got to talk to them and then they asked us to come in with them and the way it went we kind of end up doing the, the work the work as a collaborative to try and solve it like that mm. was a few years ago it was one of the first sort of Carter projects I think mm. um, and that was it and I thought well I want to work with those people so I'll talk to the people that I'm interested in helping like I, I'd love to work with the World Wildlife Fund I've done it I've worked with them in, in London for other people I'd love to because I want to help because if we can help oh, it frustrates hell I mean, like the Great Barrier Reef and the yeah, the, yeah. you know the whaling like, with the Japanese starting up again and it's kind of like these are the things that are more important to me than the digital space but the digital space is a perfect medium to help 
change that result. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how it comes about. I kind of you know, I love going to the, the NGV. Um, you know, Tim K mentioned I, we were him we were having a conversation a while ago about that. Oh, I remember when there was the chair exhibition. Like, you know, there's all that design that wouldn't have come if the people were interested in it. And how yeah. do you know they're interested in it by? getting a digital audience to, to answer some questions. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And you can you can do a lot, obviously, as Carter, but you're 25 people, so you have to balance doing, you know, pro bono and charity work along with doing yeah. commercial work. So, how do, you, how do you find that? Yeah. <laughs> you get a bit of, yeah. Can you come to this thing? Can you... Uh, oh, today, I was, I was literally, I haven't read your email because a friend just goes, oh, I've got a friend that's in town from Sweden and would love some folio advice. So, I just sat for half an hour and went, and like, <laughs> that'll help them get, this is what you do, this is what a grid is, this is blah, and so yeah. like... Oh, how do you do it? Like, man, I just kind of try and book ahead. My iCal works wonders. (laughs) I I switched out. I was trying Sunrise, but it doesn't work very well, so... I've been using Sunrise. Yeah, it gets a bit... Bit it's a little bit clunky. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Things don't pop up. Like, doesn't talk too well to each other. Yeah, it's because it's Microsoft. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you plan your weekends as well? <sighs> yeah, try. Not, I try to do. A lot. I don't really. I, I get in trouble for not doing very much on weekends because I'm just uh, mentally fatigued. But mm. um, but it's made me amazing. I think I'm I'm very much like like Nick, like Jim, like a lot of the other guys you already spoke to where you, if you're left idle for, for even like two hours, you can't help yourself but going, oh, and then, you know, I've, I've, in the, this week I've been trying not to pull my phone out because I walk to work and it's about five, six kilometers, so it's about 40, 45 minutes. And I used to always be end up with my head down doing stuff and like, yeah. no, put it away and look at the trees and look at the sky and get some, and forget about the internet for a second yeah. and then wander off and that's that, trying to get that, breathe that's why I started walking originally was A to lose weight B to start to try and have some time to myself yeah. and then if my phone's in my back in my pocket yeah. I have to turn off my now my <laughs> yeah. watch because everything's ringing oh my god um, do you listen to anything while you're walking along I, st- you- I, well, I should be listening to you guys <laughs> um, yeah. that's a nice plug yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the way home that was like uh, I saw Jim's name pop up and I thought oh, I'll have a listen to that and then I was like listening you'd already asked if I would come on I was like Damn. God's sake, Jim, shut up. You're like, pretty much, I didn't realize we had so much in common because we were just both thinking about the same things. Yeah. So I listened to those. I listened to music. I, I actually just unsubscribed from Apple Music today. Oh, okay. Wow. For yeah. something I can't, it, it frustrates me. This is terrible. Like, I, yeah. The user experience? The user experience is awful. Because like, the loading, the, the onboarding, right, was like almost famously a catastrophe. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I gave up. Like, I keep going back to Spotify and paying two yeah. subscriptions. I'm gonna stick with Spotify. Like, yeah. till they get it better, it kind of feels like it's one of those things where there's been it's been designed by committee rather than yeah. Do you know, yeah. How, how much how better Apple are since sorry, um, Google are since they've kind of collaborated together, but then each team is individual, but then they're all go, walking to it, work, working towards a common goal. It's kind mm. of now you've got your little drop down with all your. Th- it's like there. Yeah, like Google Maps, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you still stick to it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. still use it. Um, yeah, but at the walking to work, I'm trying, I, I am I'm subscribed from that. I listen to Spotify a lot. I kind of listen to podcasts. I, I start, I've started using, I've turned on the, some of the accessibility functionality that you do on, uh, have you used it yet on in, um, the iPhone? If you can turn on the some functionality, and I can't remember where it is in the system now, but you can then read it. I, you know, people post interesting articles that I follow on Twitter and on uh, Facebook and things like that. And I'll open the page, and you can select all text and then hit speak. So then I just listen to the to the article. Oh wow! Because Siri's getting better at really? un- phonetically and understanding how to. S- does it sound? No, right? it's not. It's, <laughs> um, it sounds a little. 
better. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's not obviously quite there, but it's much better. Yeah. Uh, it's funny hearing some of the things, especially if it's an Australian article and it mentions a, a town and it tries to say, yeah. Wagi Wagi. <laughs> like I can't pronounce the, some locations, but it's pretty good. And I find that because then a lot of the things you want to read, are, are rather than looking at it, I can just select all and away I go. So it's kind I'm of try. I'm going to give that yeah. a go. That's it's in accessibility and it's under um, visual impairment. You can turn on speak mm. so you join your select and it normally says copy paste by it says speak and you just select can, the whole page can you change speak. the speed yeah. uh yeah you can change the speed in there okay. so yeah it, matt, it, matt has to listen to things double time oh yeah oh really because he's a busy I do guy that. yeah yeah i i not double oh yeah i'd probably double i do that as well at home like online listening to things just yeah get to the point <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, exactly it. it's like i want that information right now yeah. and so as fast as i can get it have you? Have you? Read, I'm waiting for the thing for the app to come out, or what? The, there was a thing about uh, you know, about reading off a screen, and they started if you read off one line rather than reading oh, yeah. the yeah. page. And yeah, so so it's out. Um, it is out. Now. Yeah, it, it, it is out. It, um, I don't think the app's out, but you can get it on um, on you, to like a plugin for Chrome and stuff like that. Right. Is, oh, um, right. The one word. The one yeah. word thing, how it's got the, and it's always yeah, so justified in the middle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it's like flash. Yeah. Man, I could read that fast. I was I like, like, that's great. I can go. <laughs> I, can, I, I realized I could, I could read it like 50 times the normal rate. Like, it's yeah. so fast. Wow. It's, it's more. I can't remember you what have it was. to be careful in the same with listening. You've got to be careful um, about retention. Mm. So if you get too fast, and it's different for everyone, but mine yeah. is about, I think I worked out, it was like 2.3 times. Uh, I can still retain the information and understand what's being said. Yeah. Um, if I go higher than that, I kind of forget what I was just listening to. Mm, yeah. and, um, and, you know, a dog runs in front of you and then you're like, you've just missed like a whole chapter. So. Hey, bought a collie. <laughs> yeah, so what was Dan Brown doing again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, so I'm, I want to go back to this social good thing because uh, it was in the news today that um, Mark Zuckerberg has given away 90% of his Facebook shares to just people and good causes around the world. Yeah. How how important is it that designers and, and people in the tech kind of understand that and, and like you you're doing, I can't I guess like making sure you give back and make sure you support oh, I think it's re- really important but it's also you know it depends on what kind of person that they are, doesn't it? Like you you'd hope that everyone would be trying to give back. I try and give back purely because I, it's a selfish need as well as a as a hopefully being helpful that if there are better people doing, I want people to be better than I am. The whole purpose of, I try and talk to my designers and sort of get them to give input and make it as a suggestion rather than dictation. Um, the direct, directing someone is always a little bit difficult, but if I can get people that are better than me, then one, I can hire them and I don't have to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> but but mainly we can create a better community here so we get more of the better organizations and businesses and not-for-profits coming here to ask us to do the work for them. Like we're, we're a smaller place than, than London. You know, I was in working in London, um, uh, with, uh, Pip Jameson, who's found a loop like a, a, mm. a little while ago, like a few months ago. And you see the, the level you can get a designer. They're almost like, it's almost like going to the supermarket and picking what cereal you want. <laughs> you just don't have that one. Well, they're everywhere. There's like, yeah. it's a saturated market of, of design, of, of UX design, interaction design. Even the titles over there are more, more succinct with what people do and more, um, direct rather than here you'll say someone's a UX designer are you a UX researcher or are you a 
web designer or what right. everyone kind of generalizes themselves a little bit more here but doesn't actually have the skill set to cover all those things just mm. yet um, but it's because there's not as many pe- populations smaller right mm. and there's people like General Assembly Tractor what else is there uh, Shillington College all those kind of places that are trying to upskill and and mm. teach people new skills so if you, we can do that here then we can we get a better pool and a better quality and we start to improve like we are the perfect I think Google said it, we were the perfect place for, for testing because we've got such mm. a diverse demographic of people in, in Australia from multicultural and, and, and ages that we can we work. It's a beautiful place to try mm. things because we kind of cover almost every demographic on the planet. So, And we're, we're typically an early adopter as well, aren't we? Yeah, we want everything before America gets yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not with stuff like UX and everything like that, right? Like, I mean, no. we're way behind the times, weren't yeah. we? Yeah. Well, have you seen that the divide? Like everyone, a lot of Australian designers went to Silicon Valley and developers, and because that's where it was booming, mm-hmm. then they started to realise it's not all it cracked up to be after a year or two, and they start to come back, and it's kind of starting to come back again. And same with New York is, is now. There's New York's a really good location. Berlin's a really good location. London's mm-hmm. a, is kind of gone off the boil a little bit. I think I want Australia. I want like. Sydney, Melbourne, Perth to be those locations, probably more Melbourne just because, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but home turf advantage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you notice the difference between Melbourne and Sydney. Like, there's a lot more people in Sydney than are Melbourne, so there's a lot more options of different types of designers and different types of researchers and interaction designers. And, mm. But you know, if we can if we can upskill everyone here, then we can obviously get a better quality. We get better work because they know that we can do it. Yeah. So it works both ways. Yeah. Mm. So with with Carter though, mm. I'm saying business, and um, you know, talk a little bit about your your, yep. other, your podcast that you do, yeah, blokes beer and business. There's blokes and business. Sorry, yeah. I know I was going to get it wrong. Triple yeah. B, triple B. Um, I wrote it down incorrectly to say you'd say it. Wrong. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what, how did you learn business though? Uh probably. Why? What I did was I first off I went right. I want to start Carter. I'll do it freelance first. I kind of my little my my two-year but came a four-year four-year roadmap was to go and work for the big the best agencies in 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 melbourne so i end up working through the bigger corporates and i go to the meetings and you're there to be the designer but i'd listen to the project manager i'd listen to the mm. um account director i'd listen listen to the people in those each of those groups to see how they're operating what they were doing why they were doing it and then from there i then just then I'd sit, go to the next place freelancing and then I'd see that and I'd see how they, what the comparisons were and who was doing what and why and which ones worked and which ones didn't. And I kind of worked at all of them to see which are the best bits and tried to take... I'm not saying we're, we're perfect, we're far for, from it, but we try and take the pieces that I thought worked the best to create my knowledge base to then do it. And you also learn on the fly. Like, you start as a freelancer, then, you know, we started, then it was Paul. So, Paul and I met romantically in the lift um, and <laughs> turned out we were from neighbouring suburbs in England. Like, we're both from the same same area. We would we'd play football against each other as kids, but never knew each other. Oh, wow. Which is a weird sort of twist of fate. Yeah. Um, and then we... Um, uh, he was technical, I was creative, and it was a case of going, well, we, we'll start taking, doing our own projects because we can do end-to-end now. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you start to get that you do a good job, everyone praises your work, and in that industry, asks you to do another job in the following year, and someone else sees your name, and, and it kind of grows from there, and you start to get more and more work. Mm-hmm. And from there, it was a case of, um, because I'd worked at four or five or six or seven, however many different places it was over the years, I'd found... Um, uh, I built a network of, of people that then I could say we can do this stuff and then away it went from there and we started to grow I was like I want to do social environmental um, good anything that's for, for the for the be- for the benefit of 
sort of humanity. It sounds like I'm I'm not trying to be anything other than just want to help. Like I've always wanted to help. I think I think that's great. I mean, yeah. you I guess you seem quite hesitant to kind of stake your claim in that kind of area. Yeah. But I, I think it's really good that. Yeah, thanks. I just wanted, God, like, there's so much bad in the world. Can't we put a little bit of good back in? Like, so, mm. you know, it may may be a very, very micro piece, but if I can, like, when we launched, uh, we've launched Heart Foundation, and you have to sometimes say at the end, like, everyone gets so busy coding and working out the spacings and the right approach to the UX, and at the end, you have to go, remember, guys, this is for helping people live <laughs> like yeah. it's it is digital and it is it's only a very small fraction of it but if you can change one person's life then you can change another yeah. and if you yeah. can do it the right way and help them that's what the information's for same with the women's hospital same with Latrobe community health like even that N- ngv is another different approach if you can help people be more aware of what is going on in uh, from from the arts and culture of uh, of humanity then you mm. can hopefully make people realize that there's other things out there and start to to get a little bit of traction that was the kind of the idea like, I mean, a, g- a good friend of ours and our boss, Simon Pemberton, is always talking about the, this idea that we, as designers, are the, are the best place to actually help on multiple different levels. Absolutely. Like even interaction design and spatial design and customer experience. And, you know, you, you can, yes, you can, A, work for, you know, we honestly, we've worked for bonds to make things mm. easier. But then we, we did it, we were factoring in that there's a... Um, the, Children's wear, for example, if we're if someone if a mother is using it, what device they use? Okay, they normally use an iPad. Then what they use? They normally got a pram. Mm-hmm. They make it a coffee. Like how do we yeah. how do we make it easy for that person to get to there and be able to buy things quickly? And let's do the one pay click and and away you go. It's you know it's still selling selling products, but you're making someone's life a little easier and yeah. you can push it towards the boundaries there. And it's kind of you know some of it's got higher levels than others of what's actually helping the world and what's profiting for other businesses. But you got to pick your battles and yeah, yeah. Try and make sure you, you balance it in favor of the, of the good and is that is that something that you look for i'm just thinking about growing a business from um from where it's about 25 now like full-time staff mm, yeah Carter. so i'm thinking about like as you're thinking of hiring other people is this kind of humanitarian and giving back to to people something you look for in portfolios or a passion or is that something you feel like you teach? i do a little bit yeah but i'm more yeah i do i still i still look to see but it's all about who the person is like if yeah they may not have done that work, but you, hopefully you can tell from the interview whether or not they they're, are they out for their own gain, or they're out to actually help, or they just want to learn. Like it's the mm. it's a difficult, and sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong, but you know, most of the time you get it right. Like it's a design is a very personable thing, and you should be able to you know empathy that you try and thrive on to make the right decisions for your work and for your clients, and no matter who it is, you've got to think you've got to think of it from someone else's perspective other than yourself. And if you can, and sometimes you know we're all guilty of it, myself included. You forget and you're just looking oh, I really like that rather than going <laughs> yeah but who's the audience when they go that's, yeah. really good. that's why I walk away and like I was saying earlier you were saying that people you've got that we've got the we all like we're um landing planes at the moment with these headgear on yeah. <laughs> um, that, you, that you do start to look around and look over your head and I've noticed a lot that then my the guys in the office think that I'm not paying attention it's normally because if I'm thinking about something I don't make eye contact I'm staring at the ground because I'm actually thinking taking it, I'm away, taking yeah. it all in and I'm thinking about you start to look up and things because it's the different parts of your brain that are re- mm. referencing it and that's when mm. I start to think well how else is someone else looking at it and what would they do and if I was them what would they be thinking and what would they have had for breakfast that morning like, that, it sounds silly but it's more about what is their daily life and their routine that will make, and how do we get to tap into part of that to make this relevant to them mm. and if you can do that then you can then you can be successful and you're saying about change designers are in the perfect position we man we are so in the perfect position you know from the color of something to the it's not just a digital product you see on the screen mm. it's like the 
it's why would I pick the iPhone over this or over the Android or why would I go and donate to that charity rather than that one you know it's yeah. a, it, all that is, is it the color of the top like it's all these things mm. that color is such an important thing I watched a BBC documentary about the perception of color and all the different light frames that you don't see yeah. um, and how yeah. it was how it was discovered and that I found that fascinating it's like that it's so important I've got uh, every designer in the office has got a pack of pencils which cost way more than they should <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's got 15 colors in it and each color has a, a mood oh, right. embossed into it so you know what each one means but, yeah. it's, but then I was like well where's the one for the this is the for for our society where's the one for the you know the Chinese society or the one where yeah, the, the, the red right. is a, the red is a power color not an angry color and mm. you know the, mm. even the hues of toilet blocks so even though you, know, you you use greens and browns inside because more relaxing and calming. Like in Asia, you'd use a red top because that's calming. It's, like, mm. it's about mm. a perception of calming. I, I remember HSBC did a really lovely ad series where they kind of put the two different, like, you know, what it means in this country and what it means in this country. And mm. it was all about them understanding multiple yeah. different cultures. But it was just, it was an interesting kind of, yeah, some, some of the stuff that we take yeah. for granted means very different things in yeah. another and it's our job to understand that to be able to mm. use it to create a feeling and especially now in the global kind of digital yeah it's yeah. merging isn't it at the same time but at the same time there's, there is a big divide between east versus west and it's more mm. of a case of how do we find that middle ground like blue seems to be the only uniform one and I see that and think well it must be because no matter what country you're in the sky is still blue right the water's still blue it's a it's a colour that's been there for, for as long as we have so mm. it might but some other colours we've kind of never seen in other mediums sometimes you may never have seen that colour in that in that society so mm. it's me th- theorising about colour yeah that's great <laughs> I, was just, I was just thinking that the water in Sydney Harbour is actually green but um yeah. Point, point as well. <laughs> That's the algae on the bottom, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, we're talking a lot about empathy, so let's let's get kind of like really deep into this industry stuff. Put your so, shirt back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, no, no, really. <laughs> <laughs> That's radio. I can wear whatever I want. But but yeah, so so empathy, you know, relating to user experience, and you're talking about a, a lot of what you've been talking about in these projects is the perspective of the user rather than yourself and what you think. Is that mm. is that something that you're sort of um, teaching here, or are you trying to take on people that have like a bit of user experience background? Yeah, like everyone's got a bit of user experience background in the office, in like the feds and the devs and the designers right. as well, and. Uh, you, and feds are the front end developers. Yeah, front end developers and the devs are the back end developers. Um, we we started to get everyone's confused about which one did what. So it was basically <laughs> that terminology. Like, yeah, we just I don't know if that's the the world over. But I was like, right, it's feds and devs. Like, yeah. that's it. It's good. That's it. Yeah. So you got you were, like, but you user experience and the empathy thing. That is a trait of a good designer, not necessarily of a user experience designer. Right. And I think I can't remember if it was Jim or Nick that was talking about user experience, and I and I kind of sit on the same boat. More and more, I'm starting to think that it beca- it was a fad of something that finally made people who weren't designers understand what good yep. design is not right. that a user experience is a specific it's part of a skill set it's part of the um, um, human computer interaction yep. gamut not a one you are just you can't be just a UX blah like researcher or um, designer that's mm. it's it's one of it, it should be part of what a good designer knows and does mm. and you think and, and, and everything should be considered design and that's what UX is really and as it changes it'll change into interaction design I think the next one will come up because customer experience kind of mm. push through and interaction design yeah. is more about not just what it looks like but how you interact with it to make it valid so interesting you say that it is yeah it's almost a, a way to make 
the clients and the public understand because if you think about that you know design thinking was first in, mm. in the sense of like really trying to i guess make designers have something that yeah. was of value that that's why you paid the big prices yeah it's, a, it's the hardest part is trying to you and when you do a, a prop and you write together there's it's very difficult to put in there ideation yeah you know that most people that aren't a designer think that what you they see on the page is the bit they're paying for they forget Mm. that there's a thought behind making it that in the first place that you've got to that is the most the most important part of design is is how you theorize and think about it to then produce the end result like if you can and it it may take you sometimes you know i'm the one that wanders around and i'll leave it to the people thinking i'm i used to be a designer and you go you got 30 hours to do something and i'd spend 25 hours not doing anything and look, I'm just cruising the internet and I'm searching it looks like I'm not doing anything and what I'm doing is I'm building a, yeah. a library in my head of, of all ideas and then once it all connects and it clicks it takes me three hours in, in Illustrator or Photoshop or InDesign to just to come up with that because I've just mm. boiled it all together by finding things that related to it and solving the problem in my head before I spend the time in a product to, to create it and that's the really important bit always pencil always sketch mm. whether mm. you're digital print doesn't matter get that pen and paper or pencil pencil's always handy because you can do different depths and let line work and yeah and i was i I wish i could say i wish i could say i'd invented it but the um material design the three three levels that they talk of and even Mm. their graphic logo is that as soon as i saw that logo i was like you mother (laughs) (laughs) that's i've been teaching that for as long as i can remember that they should they should try and keep everything like three is the magic number and it's Mm. one of the best songs was ever released yeah um yeah Yeah. man this is that is it like three we could afford it we played on the episode yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) fifty thousand dollars for four seconds or something um Three is the magic number of design in my in my head, and whether I'm right or wrong, I don't know. But that's how I theorize things to deliver it. Like three clicks, mm-hmm. yeah. There's always four, always five. But if you you try you you try to keep to the to the to the the optimum, and then you kind of permeate from there. And then uh, three layers. So on a screen, if you start, you know, remember there's that whole stage where everyone was putting drop shadows and borders and strokes and looked like it was in a panel. And mm-hmm. why not utilize the whole screen, even if the content only goes for two thirds of it? The other third can still be felt like it's part of the of the design if you don't put a board around it yeah so you, it's that sort of three level approach that i try and instill in in everyone here and it's they i mean owen over in the, in the other room he's when he first came here he's always putting a drop shadow on a border and everything and, and he try and sneak them in with that <laughs> um, but you know that, that it's a it's an approach that um that i think that's what material design has become it's that three the three is three clicks it's three layers it's three levels everything is more of a you try and the, the flatter it is the easier it is to understand so you know that have you seen that um uh, good fucking design advice yeah mm. yeah i've got a few t-shirts and about 20 posters from yeah. there oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we've got laugh. coffee cups yeah, I've got yeah. Mine got stolen. <laughs> yeah, it's just like my a book apart. I've got like, I've got like three copies of this yeah. set for designers because I keep buying the set and people borrow them and then yeah. Like, yeah. I just always get left with the boring ones. <laughs> HTML for designers. You got, the, you got the SAS one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. One. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Mike Montero one makes its rounds, doesn't it? I think I've bought three over the years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our designers a job or you're yeah, designers a job. You're my favorite client. Is that oh, I've read one? that one. That I've one's really one. they came hand in hand and. Uh, uh, I've always I've I've haven't tried it yet, but he and when he did his um 
he did a I think it was Creative Mornings just, or he did a, he was doing a talk in America and I watched it on, online it's Creative Mornings yeah the the, Fuck You Pay Me yeah Fuck You Pay Me it was another one where he did about the um, you're my favourite client and he was saying you should hand that to every client at the start of a job <laughs> and get them to read it and you should read the design as a job so you, you understand what your role is to play in, in delivering this product or this, ah. this result it's interesting it's just his his version of it right so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's pretty right you can't mess with anything he says really like he seems to be pretty on the ball but I like that he's just like oh cool everyone just do it the way that I understand yeah. it Buy my books. Give it to every client. Give it to every client. Give it to every client. I'm rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky. Yeah. He's coming into town next year, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, I think I've still got to... I've, I use my phone. like use the browser pages as like notes to myself to like, I'm, I'll, I won't close that window because I need, I need it's to it's all good until your yeah. phone runs out of battery mm. Some someone said to me um, you can always tell how busy someone is or how where, where their mind is by looking at their phone and seeing how many browsers have got open or looking at their their computer yeah. and seeing how many tabs I have 10 and then at the end of the week I've still got 10 I cut it down to 5 I just, really I'm ruthless and just go, so yeah, yeah, I've got the, I've got pages and pages of just tabs that I'm going to come back to. I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that when I was using your computer to record. You do, and you don't do that? Um, I do. And then I quit Chrome. Okay. I don't use Chrome on my phone. I always use, but I always use Safari. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like Sunrise. I was using Sunrise. And I, this week, I swapped it back to me. And the, the new, since El Capitan came out, it's a little bit better. Like yeah. So I switched that back onto the dock. Wish they had five. Did you? I forgot that the old iPhones they used to have five at the bottom, not four. Oh, five things in the you dock. Could, yeah, yeah. I did that. Yeah, and then they just I completely it. forgot about that. Because yeah. my, oh, because it got thinner. Or no, no I don't know. Sa- same thickness. Yeah, same thing. Thickness. It's just longer. Same. If anything, the the plus is wider. Yeah, you've got more screen screen real estate now than you did before. So yeah. it's odd that they and more pixel density. Yeah. Since the yes. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Exciting radio. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing the pixel density of of Retina and, and different devices is all derived from the original pixel ratio at like seventy two DPI. Right. And mm-hmm. that, and that was that that derived from um, dots per inch, like DPI. And it's kind of amazing how it's with even now the technology is so far advanced, and you've got these beautiful high resolution Retina screens that we're all looking at. It all derives from the original pre press yeah. print, like. Which is yeah. why well, I think uh, I think Jim said it as well. Is that the prints, like graphic designers, they they or if they start the theory of graphic design, they're the perfect person to be molded into a good digital, because they think mm. about things in grids and you think uh, about okay. things in frameworks. And yeah. I've got quite a few sitting over there, um, uh, old pre-press books on designing for a grid, and it works beautifully. And it's it gives you that that think that theory and that thinking of laying out content. And forgetting that it's on a device, and, mm. and it helps for responsive design. So mm. no end, like how to, you know, that this is where it needs to format and layout, and how it would stack, and mm. yeah. But then all that's derived from plates, like the old plates. Yeah. So I used to work at I used to work at the Yellow Pages, one of my first graphic design jobs, laying out those really annoying small <laughs> things, and I you had to do fifteen a day, or fifteen a shift, and I'd do fifty a shift, and the, but I'd do thirty for me and twenty for someone else. So everyone became a friend because I just because and it was because I was in the the people that were working there were all from their days of pre press, right? And they'd never it was they'd had to be taught how to use computers and taught, and I'd just come in. I was one of the first people to come in wow. as a new guard that had, had been taught how to use computers first, and not I didn't have that that legacy formatting but they'd just sit on my shoulder and I'd use a computer and they'd just tell me what to do and so, psh, and so they loved you I've read a lot of books when I was working there I got paid quite well <laughs> wow <laughs> cool yeah so you, you must have been the favourite favourite on the floor paid for my, paid for my uh, backpacking days that yeah, yeah. So that was good 
<laughs> probably would have been worried you're going to steal their job. <laughs> probably not an issue these days. <laughs> so when, when it comes to, in, in the digital world, and we're talking about, you know, that you're helping people become aware about what, what is available and what, mm. what they can do. What about with clients though? Because a lot of talk at the moment is, is trying to break this kind of client mentality where it's, it's a capital expenditure in the sense mm. like, you know, I'm, I'm getting something digital. I'm just going to pay for it up, one, uh, up front or, you know, once yeah. and then it should work forever. That return on investment sort of angle. Yeah. I think that, I mean, it's changed, it's changed a lot even the last few years that, you know, the digital used to be an afterthought. You'd, if you did an, say a company did an annual report, they'd spend yep. all their money on the print and the design and the layout and then just throw in a tack on a, you know, five or ten thousand dollars just throwing a digital version and that's yep. now changed. I've done them. Like, it's just yeah. a, it's just a, dirty version of me. <laughs> I think one time I exported a PDF into web format. <laughs> Happy days. <laughs> Read another book. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying what kind that was. It was like a decade ago. God, I've been doing this too long. Um, so now it's changed into more of a realizing that the return on investment is far greater because you can you can change it and tweak it over the years without having to reinvent it every time mm. and trying to educate clients on the return on investment and the rea- reality of this is once they realize there's, an, there's a benefit and there's a need and a want for it now especially with phones everyone realizes that responsive which I still don't think is the fin- is the final result there's another step after that that I can think of oh yeah um, but we'll come back to that they resp- the responsive um they realise that people look at absorbing and, and reading and, and have their first t- touch point is no longer print and newspapers. It yep. is it is a digital platform. It is a website. It is an app. And, and so once they've realised that, then they can see the valid the, 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 it validates it, and then they they're actually coming to you now. So more people rather than you having to go to other people and saying digital's the way forward, they're saying we want digital. Mm. And I think that's what's happened with the user experience side of things. That once they realised that if you can understand your users, then you can give them what they want, and in turn you get what you want. And be it be it not-for-profits, be it you know arts and culture, be it banks, be it yep. they realise the value in in not dictating but talking. And we all, if you notice over the, over the last five years in Australia, nearly all the banks are saying we're here to help. Nothing's yeah. changed internally. <laughs> yeah. They're just tell, still tell, the same tell, telling a story profits. in a different way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the world over, and now that, that's the, and you can do that in digital because it can change as it and evolve at, as things start. The things become more um, more mainstream. Hmm. Hmm. I wanted to. Uh, we're getting kind of down to towards the end, but something I really wanted to talk to you about was um, judging the awards. So mm. uh, awards, or however, yeah. however you say I would say it. the dub 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 awards. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I mean, that's. I, I wanted to find out. I was genuinely really interested in finding out like what the process of that is because every now and then I'll see a head pop up. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a little James Noble head <laughs> uh, pop yeah. up, going, smiling, super yeah. happy. It's like, it's, it's awesome, Flint. I smile a lot. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll check it out. And often I, I think, you know, aesthetically, they're almost always beautiful or very functional or they mm. load quickly. But I'd be interested to hear what makes the cut, like, um, in that particular case. Like, is it a technical aspect? You know? They've got two different awards in there. They've got the, because the, I think Internet Explorer sponsor the developer award on there. So every, there's right. a developer award in there as well. So there's two different ones. Okay. I do look at the code, uh, so it is. I, I love doing it, but at the same time, it's it is a little. It's hard to do it because uh, all the time because that's why you pop up occasionally. There's like I think there's eighty of us, mm. and then we all rotate through and they pick the. You get picked based on on the time that you did it and the, the score that you gave, based on what the average was. It's like the five or six closest to the average because there's a, there's, a, there's the um, oh, wow. user score as well. Right. Um, that's how you. I think that's how you pop up. I'm, I'm just speculating. Uh, they don't really tell you, but um, it's more of a. 
I think I vote in the morning and in the evening. So I vote. Mm. Uh, I, vote I, I vote on six to eight in the morning, six to eight in the evening. So I'm doing about right. fourteen to sixteen judging a day. And do they present them, days a week? Do they present them to you, or are you out looking for them? No, they present them to. So people submit them. Yep. Uh, you then they ran they randomly or in some sort of way give you six or eight a day out of all the ones submitted. So everyone mm. gets different ones to to judge and then you click through those and see the average what the what the general the people are members have, have scored versus what you think you look I look I open it I look through it I check some of the basic stuff is it responsive does it change is it broken is it looking good in Firefox Safari uh, sometimes do a quick you know, litmus test just to see if, if it's if I'm not sure whether it, across all different types of browsers mm. I'll do that then I'll um, look at the aesthetic look at the content look at the video see how long it takes to load I'll kind of do I'd go maybe I go a little bit too far I'm, mm. I'm a little bit like that like, I'm <laughs> pixel perfect I want everything to be exact <laughs> right um, and then you judge on the four categories and uh, from there because I'm also on the CSS design awards as well so I do oh, that okay. one too and you basically you judge one to ten I almost feel like it should be that one, uh, you should be able to put point like half scores in there but right. sometimes you go that one's really good but I try and judge it on its own merits rather than comparing it to another one on the site and yeah. that what's and you know double A standards or it depends on what they're saying about it as well sometimes the folio there are a lot of folio stuff wins like design agencies and sort of marketing sites because there's usually more room to be a little bit more sort of liberal with you when you give yourself the brief yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's amazing how designs change, isn't it, when you're kind of dictated to. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, it, yeah, that, that way. And then I've, so I try and do as much as, as siloed as possible there just so that you're not, well, that one was awesome, but you don't, what was the budget on that? What was the time on that? And I, because, I think maybe because I'm fr- most of the people on there are also from agencies or run agencies, they you can kind of factor in, you know, that one may have only had... Yeah, a quarter of the budget of that one. So, right, yeah, you know, judge it on, on itself rather than on another one because you know, um, Carrera, like Porsche have got a lot more money to spend on their site than you know, yeah, three man website and the design agency team in that just mm. come out of uni. So I kind of try and keep them completely separate and just see have they been creative? Have they done anything different? Is there anything here that I think oh that's interesting? Like or is it just bland and same same mm. like same? Mm. So that's kind of how I judge it and. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them, but it's good to see them because I see yeah, them before everyone yeah, else. You're getting through a lot. Like if you yeah. think about it every year, yeah, I don't want to. I've not added that up. I don't want to add that up. <laughs> that's, but that's amazing. I mean, like, what, yeah. what, a, what an amazing um, resource to be able to yeah, give back and yeah, and hopefully help people. Yeah. So I saw you just won an award as well, the retail award. You won the award for shopability or something like that. We did. We, we were not a finalist for the uh, Aureas online retail industry yeah, association. Yeah, yeah. yeah for with Bonds, Burley, Sheridan. Right. Okay. Um, for for do that, yeah, because we we managed to increase. So we increased their um, online by thirty percent, like a thirty percent increase. So is that is that what shopability is? Yeah, it's ease of use and accessibility to get to what you want. Right. And and then upsell and ease of checkout. So the checkout part is quite. As you all know, anything with an input field gets a little bit yeah. um, dry. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people ask for more information, but you know, pack brands are amazing that they just just give us what you think is the best approach, and then there's a few tweaks from there. And it was they just gave us free reign to give them the best possible experience, and it right. it, it turned I think it turned into six or seven million a quarter 
increase or something. I think that wow. it was on. Wow. Dub, uh, was it called BRW or something? So that, <coughs> that leads me to one of our other questions that I really want to talk to you about. Um, so you've made them how much money? <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a lot of conversation about um, that we, we've been having mm. um, on the show and also other people like off, mm. off the show as well, kind of in the background of getting more into the product side. So building instead of making your clients multimillionaires, mm. making yourself a multimillionaire from a product kind of perspective is there any interest in something like that if, if you could talk about it you've or? got to have um capital right that's the hardest part isn't it yeah um and if you if you're honest about what you're doing you're giving clients value for money and bang for bucks then you don't have much capital mm. left at the to end to play of it. with yeah to experiment <laughs> with. um yeah like paul and i have probably come up with four or five ideas that we think would work a week um, right but you got to figure out where to get the get the funds from to create it but uh i think that's it i i think about that all the time like what if we could do this or do that or mm. i'm sitting uh, yesterday i was walking along the street and I, oh, if we could create that product like can we service you know some people made plugins for wordpress and mm. uh, apps that everyone wants to use like if you can create products for your industry rather than for your clients and everyone starts to use it like yeah but uh, is it bug herd the guys that were out of the out of a warehouse space down the road this is just a, it's a test it's basically uh, almost like an agile um, uh, channel for keeping track of changes and reiterations of a product right, just, right. they just made a product and then that's servicing a lot of agencies now it doesn't like you know, it's Slack we think you've got yeah, it. Yeah. Slack is a it's not awesome. new like we were all using this back on remember the flower I can't remember what it was called the product that they're on, on Windows, it was God, it oh yeah, yeah, ten uh, years ago. ICQ, ICQ, yeah, yeah you know that's uh oh, that, what's Slack? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 Skype, but they just got rid of all the chaffer and they just literally made yeah. a conversational yeah. platform that you could add another multiple channels to. Now we use it. I know nearly every person I know in another agency uses we're using it in all our courses mm. just because yeah. industry are using it so why don't we learn it while we're doing yeah. this and I've started to teach it to, to clients then clients start using it yeah. so then we have wow. a channel with the client to communicate with them but you know that then they see the value in it because everything's there and now if, you know, if this then that you can start to create everything in there but that's mm. they've created a product that everyone needs to use and before you know it you're, you're hooked in it they give you the first five gig free or something and you'll fill it up pretty quick and before you know it you're oh, just the $20 a month and oh you want more users oh, and then, you know, where, where you go now we can't live without it and we can't live. when it went the thing went down last week was it last week it's like went down oh did it and the heavens opened and everyone's like oh my god yeah. ending. <laughs> my life like- is ruined <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah that's, that's it, I'd love to I'd love to do some stuff mm. like that it's just again like I was saying it's just trying to find the, the funds because if you don't have a client who pays for it yeah yeah so um there's a lot of mouths to feed now yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well that's it we're 25 25 people yeah it's a lot everyone mm. no one ever tells you when you do you, you oh, i love being a designer i want to start my own agency no one tells you that the the more the better you get or the bigger you get the less you get to do the bit you love yeah uh, i'd still open photoshop i was like i was working on a client stuff just before you came in just because I wanted to I'm yeah. not going to tell anyone this request change came in I'm going to open it and do it myself <laughs> and then just post it and put it up there for him so yeah because you know you get bigger and better and you start no, or just better and bigger um, and you don't get to do the they don't open Photoshop anymore I don't do I just mm. do the scamping and the and the direction and help with that bit you get to, you go to a lot of meetings you go to a lot of pitches you get lots of presentations mm. and you write a lot of emails right? so yeah it kind of changes a lot as you start your own company yeah. That's right, Tim. Tim K. That was his his point for starting Mass and mm. just to get back on the tools and to it's fun. Mm. I design stuff myself. I design my 
uh, parents' website just because, like five or six years ago, I look at it now and go, yeah. <laughs> "What was I thinking?" I did. That, I did that for my mum. Yeah. 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 Thankfully, yeah. she ended, she ended up selling. She's a vet, veterinarian. Right. She ended up selling selling the business quite recently, and um, and I, I remember looking back at it about a year ago and just thinking, "God, what did I do?" It was yeah. this kind of like WordPress put together sort of thing with a like a slideshow and everything <laughs> and I was really <laughs> proud of it at the time but yeah. um, looking back I was just thinking this is a mess I should have just kept it really simple yeah, yeah. and one of the things they said when they bought the business they said this is like the best veterinary website that we've ever, ever. acquired yeah. and they want to roll it out to all these other ones and I'm thinking shit yeah. one million dollars my, please I just took, yeah I just took my name <laughs> off the cover <laughs> of that one yeah some of those and you haven't got the clients anymore and they haven't updated their site in five or six years and you, I always thought check back I can't help myself right? yeah. oh, how do I get in and remove our name on? <laughs> that was good like seven years yeah. ago it was yeah. groundbreaking yeah yeah but I get to do things like we do the internal you know, collateral and um, do like the email and things like that where I, I designed like, if I wanted to get an email in my inbox what would I want it to look like and I kind of just did that myself on the weekend mm. and then we just turned that into a into a, our email and away we went yeah and you asked me about that earlier uh, um, don't know how much time we've had. Um, I do rant a lot. You could sit me here all evening. Um, <laughs> and that was me going, well, that was another way, hopefully, of being able to give back. What have I been looking at? What have I been thinking? What did I think was interesting? Mm-hmm. And then get the other guys. So we use a Slack channel. If there's anything you find that's of interest, put it in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've looked through them. And I got that was that. Or I try and break down the, the email to be one thing about um, a, something, a case study or something that we're, we're working on or working with and then what will different audiences I'm trying to think of it like a UX exercise and a pers- persona exercise who's looking at this email and who do we want to target the first one is target our existing clients this is what we've done for you guys and this is what we've done how we help the next bit down excuse me is what would interest people that aren't necessarily tech savvy that will be that, that could that relate to them rather than just being you know, quite often people go look how awesome we are look at this design at the end yeah. you know, what was yeah. the thinking behind it so yeah. that goes this is what we've been looking at to come up with some of these ideas and then the next bit after that is like all the the designers out there, here's three or four things that we found really interesting. And what, and then again, try and keep yourself grounded again and give a quote from someone that's motivating. That, that's, mm. you know, I think we've done a much I think, one. I mean, mm. we, we get a lot of newsletters and it's, yeah, yeah. I, I always, there's always stuff in there that mm. I can, I, I've read every article that's in there. So yeah. Like, it's not just a, let's just, it just, it just goes into my yeah, tabs. What's something that's a, what was, <coughs> what was on the top of medium? What was on the top of sidebar? And I'll just chuck yeah. it in my newsletter. Yeah. It's clearly like a, a language that it isn't just cut and paste. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's, Hey, this is where, why we thought this was interesting. Yeah. It's the same as Nick Allen's kind of tiny letter that he does yeah, yeah. as well, which is the same sort of thing. It's just his thoughts on this one particular thing. And mm. then kind of, it's a bit more relatable. We all sign up to that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We we don't really make a big deal. We've got I can't remember how many subscribers we've got, but it's it's getting up there. Um, and I didn't even realise until people started tweeting asking why we haven't posted one out. So oh, really? yeah. <laughs> I've just been kind of busy. I <laughs> you've, you've got yeah. an audience yeah, now, like yeah. seven and a half thousand or need, something. Need like to serve people. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's just through the little input field on the bottom of the website. It's mm. just sign up, like join in. Yeah, um, brilliant. And I, I love the. Uh, have you seen my? It's one of my favourite gifts. I'm not. Even sure, I'm sure it's from some stupid comic. TV show on Cartoon Network or something uh, on my Twitter feed of the the guy trying to drink the oh yeah the that. water I, mean, the I still laugh at it now it's been yeah. there for like six months I think you have it pinned because I was having yeah. a look I was having yeah, a look earlier it pinned, it, 
it's a good reminder when you go, well, I'm trying to, who's my audience? You yeah. Know, look at that. That's my, you've got to think of the lowest common denominator. And take it from there. For, those that, for those that haven't seen it, I'm pretty sure it's still pinned up on your Twitter. Yeah. It's like, this is great. Mm. I think yeah. we'll, we'll end out on that. Yeah. This, thanks for having me. This has been great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Here. Thank you. Um, Usually at the end of the show, we just kind of go around so people can, can find everyone. So, Matt, where can people find you? Just on Twitter at Leechworth. Cool. And what uh, do you have pinned to the top of your... I don't think I have anything. Did you know pinned. you could do that? I didn't even yeah, know. Sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm still... I'm still doing this is This is my sensei. You're good. He's good. He's Has he got a background a ch- image at least at the top, like a hero image? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Oh, yeah. man. We need to... I haven't got We need to get back in the lab. <laughs> <laughs> James, where can uh, people find I'm you? At, uh, I'm Twitter as well. I'm at Mr. James Noble. Cool. And Carter is... Oh, at, uh, it's at underscore Carter Digital. Underscore. Okay, yeah. cool. Because I <laughs> registered Carter Digital and I forgot what the password was or the email address. Do <laughs> 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 so well, you, you have both? We have both. I can't remember. I just, I've tried every variation. Cause there's there's quite a few people who... Yeah, we changed yeah. the email servers and then... So, I'm not sure which email <laughs> yeah. account it went to and what we had and yeah. Wow. You can put... Oh, I know, because you can't... Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to admit my mistakes. <laughs> it was before it was cool, right? I, I think you used it for like two years. Like. Underscores are cool. Underscores yeah, oh, are right. cool. That's okay. fine. Yeah, yeah it's all good. Um, and and what's, what's your Twitter handle? <laughs> Glad you asked, James. Uh, Flynn, um, Flynn Tracy with no underscore. Vanilla. It's just all uh, fresh. Yeah, Flynn Tracy. <laughs> That's all it is. Um, so, you can find uh, this show and more at australiandesignradio.symbolcast.fm and you can follow the show um, on Twitter and Instagram at AUS Design Radio, no underscores there. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>